0: And so tonight, um, what I'm going to share with you and uh uh I'm gonna uh kind of explain it because as I was studying this, and I really believe that this is what the Lord wanted me to share is uh it's just it's very, very simple, okay, but at the same time, you can spend a lifetime of uh of learning and walking with it, okay. And what I'm going to talk with you about is the love of God, the love of God, and so, as I was uh preparing you know I, i've I've known God since I was a very small child, and so even though I was born into sin, like everybody else, you know, but I've known God from a very early age and so in 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 my testimony, I don't know what it is not to to have access, not to hear the voice of God, but man, as I was studying this, I felt like I needed to get saved all over again because it's like, man Lord, uh in just reading your word and 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 what love is and the attitude and the response is, Lord, I need you to do a greater work in me and so I share that to say that as you hear this, you know. It's, it's not something to bring condemnation, but if anything, it's for us to know wow how much God loves us and what he desires for us to receive and experience so that we can be vessels and share that love with somebody else. Okay. And so tonight's message is really deep. Y'all ready? This is the title. Love people to Jesus. That's it. Love people to Jesus. And if you say Dixie. There are some people it is hard to love, <laughs> you know, I understand that. But this is the deal. I don't have to have the weight on my shoulders. I have to try to figure it out in my mind, how am I going to love them? Only what my responsibility is, is to get in the presence of the Lord, to spend time in the word, obey his word, and out of my spirit will automatically produce what God has placed inside of us. Because if love comes from us, the love that we're going to talk about tonight, it's not going to come from us having a plaque on the wall and just reading it and reading it. It's not going to come from us saying, you know what? Today I'm going to love. But it is going to come from our relationship with God. It's where we can't brag about it. We can't boast about it. We can't say, man, I got a lot of love going on here. How many of you, your family members, when you wake up in the morning, they can tell you if you've got a lot of love going on, you know. Even your coworkers or people that are in your inner circle, they can say without you declaring it. Hey, I love you. They say, No, you know, you didn't love me yesterday. So did you just change your mind? You know. And so uh, God wants us to be real and authentic, you know, as we receive and as we share His love. One thing about mankind: we all desire to make a difference. And I know that you've heard us say that, but boy, it's, it's the truth. We are wired. It is in our DNA and how God has made us to make a difference. We desire to do something great and significant. And I don't know of anybody that wakes up in the morning with a thought to intentionally fail or wakes up with the attitude of, you know what, today, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Today, I'm going to mess up. That's what I'm, I'm going to do today. You know, they don't tell their spouse and their loved one, hey, kids, today it's going to be all bad, and I'm going to make sure. No, you don't do that. You know, if anything, you're like, okay, Lord, give me the grace. Lord, help me to have a good day. Why? Because there is something in our wiring and how we are made as children of God that we want to do something with meaning, with purpose. We want to make a difference. So here's the question. How can we make a difference? How can you and I make a difference in our home, And our church and our neighborhoods and our city and in our world. It's on the screen. I'm helping you out. How can we make a difference? Okay, people. That was really enthusiastic. But let's see if we can say it with a little bit, because with a little bit more, I know it's been a long day, but let's see if we can say it with just a little higher volume, you know? So how can you and I make a difference? To Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Look, say someone you did a good job. You did good. Love people to Jesus. There are many things that we will take place as priority, that we will place as importance. But I love in 1 Peter 4 8. Look at, look at this. 1 Peter 4 8. It says, above all things. All things. So to somebody next to you, say all things. Listen, I'm a person who likes to interact. That's just the dynamic of what happened in children's ministry. You got to talk to the people. And so if I say, hey, talk to somebody next to you, I'm just trying to encourage you. Okay. And so it says all things have fervent, excuse me, and above all, have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins. That word fervent means without ceasing. Above all things have without ceasing love for one another. I think it's interesting that the God, that God says above all. He's saying, guys, you're going to do a lot of things. You're going to you're going to be a wife. You're going to be a husband. You're going to be a father. You're going to be a mother. You're going to be a school teacher. I've created you for multiple things. You're going to be a missionary. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be an engineer. You're going to be an electrician. You're going to do all these things because I place gifts and I have a purpose for you. But above all that, you must, without ceasing, love. Love. He was making it a priority. He was declaring it. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. As, um, as Pastor Kelly has been doing a great job in the series on the Ten Commandments. I love it. In, in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second, equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the other demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The order and the structure and the things of our lives. He's saying, guys, you just have to love me. Because if you have the gifts, if you have um, uh, all the materials, but you don't have love, that is the mess, that is the component that's missing. Because I am love. God is saying, I am love. John 13, 33 through 35, it says, Dear children, how brief are these moments before I must go away and leave you? Then though you search for me, you cannot come to me, just as I told the Jewish leaders. So now I'm going, excuse me, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Now this is what I want us to look at real quick. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love. Your love to the world will prove that you are my disciples. So whenever you are patient and kind, it's proven to others that you're my You don't have to say a word, just being patient and kind. Not, uh, not uh, having jealousy or boastful or, or proud or rude. Not demanding your own way. Not being irritable. Not keeping a record of every wrong done to you. Never glad about injustice. Never giving up. Never losing faith. Hopeful, endures through every circumstance. All of these are love, and this is love will last forever. When we are ha- when we are having this fruit, this evidence in our life. You know what? We don't have to go around telling people that we're a Christian. They're automatically going to be drawn to, us, drawn to us because they are going to see something that cannot be imitated in the world. Disney can never imitate the love of God. MGM can never imitate. I don't even know if MGM's existing. But uh, all the big, you know, Metro, Gold, whatever those movie companies, they cannot imitate the love of God. Only you and I, who are the temple of where the Holy Spirit dwells, can be an example of the love of God. Does that make any sense? Okay. So here's the question. What is love? You say, well, God is love. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But there are four, uh, there are four primary Greek words used to describe the concept of love. So I'm going to use this as a foundation. We're going to talk about some scripture, and then we're going to go through some, through some application, okay? How y'all feeling? Y'all all right? Okay, all right. I like when people interact with me. Okay, so John 3, 16 through 17. You've probably heard it over and over and over again, but it's still the truth of who God is and what he's done for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. But to save it. So here are four primary words. Here are four primary words that describe the concept of love. I'm going to tell you what the four are, and then I'm going to break it down. Okay? One is one we probably all heard heard before. That is agape. How many of you heard of the word agape? That word, here's, here are word, here's definitions of what agape is, okay? Agape is unconditional, deeply cherishes and self-sacrificing. This is the essence of who God is. He is love. Agape, it isn't looking for what it can get, but what it can give. Agape is the highest form of love. You know theologians, as I was studying them, there it's it's been challenging for them to put into our words to describe agape love and um uh it's uh compelled another thing of agape love is it is compelled to shower love upon the person regardless of their response. This love keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, unkind, unlovable and unworthy but the agape love is pursuing them the agape love doesn't matter what kind of attitude you have does not matter what I am gonna love you regardless unconditionally unconditionally that agape love is what we see in John 3 16 through 17 for God so loved the world God knew the state that the world was in God knew the state our heart was in but I'm going to send my son. I'm going to give them the very best that I have. Some of them will receive me. Some of them will reject me. But I'm still going to give them my son. Because my son is the very best gift that I could give to them. That's agape love. That's agape love. All right. Another... Uh description of love uh, is phileo, phileo love. I'm probably not pronouncing these right. It's okay. Alright? But uh phileo, phileo, it's not fillet fish, but it's like phileo, phileo love. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay? P-H-I-L-E-O. Okay? And a definition for that is it is affection and uh companionable, I don't even know, I can't C-O-M, companionable love. It's affection love like brotherly love, okay? Uh, And this love speaks of fondness, our liking. Uh, Phileo love is a love that responds to kindness and appreciation. It involves giving as well as receiving. But when it is greatly strained, it can collapse in crisis. Phileo love is based on mutual satisfaction and can feel disappointment. Phileo love, this is not a representative of the highest form of love. Okay? Again, this is a love where it's that brotherly love, it's that 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 companion, that that affection love. This love was demonstrated in John 21, 14 through 19. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had raised from the dead. And after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said once more, he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. The truth is when you were young, you were able to do as you liked and go wherever you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will direct you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would die to glorify God. And then Jesus told him to follow me. This is the deal with Peter. He was, he was uh, his character was described as a rambunctious a rowdy kind of fellow. Okay. But in this particular time, There was time because Jesus had, he had died on the cross and he had rose from the grave. But this, as the scripture says, it was the third time that he visited him. So he wasn't physically with them during a lot of their times during a lot of their endeavors. And Jesus told Peter, he gave him instruction. He said, Peter, he says, you're like a rock and I'm going, I want you to, to share the word of God with others. I want you to build the church. But Peter lost sight of that. And the reason why is because he had the affection, he had the brotherly. He would, he could see, he could touch Jesus, but because he hadn't seen, he hadn't touched Jesus. He had to kind of, kind of like, eh, you know, I'm gonna go fishing. You know, I might say a little bit of things about the uh, word of God, about the love of God, but he didn't have that unconditional, unwavering agape love. And so Jesus was reminding Peter. Peter, you were in the state of the phileo love, but I called you and I've created you to be in the state of the agape love where lives will be forever changed. And it grieved Peter because he was realizing, I have fallen short from serving God with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my might. Okay? So again, we have agape love the unconditional, uh, deeply cherished, self-sacrificing. That is the love, the essence of who God is. We have the phileo love, the the affection, uh, love, the fondness, the liking. That's the brotherly love, okay? Then you have the storge, okay? The storge is a devoted love. say, well, Dixie, these sound pretty good. It is a picture between parents and children and family members, their natural affection or natural obligation. It appears in the New Testament uh, very rarely, and it is used in 2 Timothy 3.3. Apostle Paul uses it in a negative sense to describe what, what will happen in the end times to you will have strong families of devotion, and as as the end times comes uh, they will begin to be uh, they will det- they will begin to be deteriorate uh, deteriorated and they will deteriorate and so this love is speaking of the devotion and the affection of the family unit okay and then the fourth one you have eros love e o r s okay and this is a self seeking love this is a flesh based and uh, a demanding your desires kind of love. Uh, eros never appears in scripture in the context of uh, sexual intimacy in marriage. Okay. Eros is not a love that seeks to give or to please someone, but a carnal love that seeks its own desires. It is so far removed from the level of love that God expects of believers that it is never included in the language of the New Testament. And so you will hear in Greek, you will hear agape, phileo, storge, eros, but this one, it is not the picture that God desires in the union of a marriage. Okay, and they were very clear on that. So how are y'all feeling? Y'all Okay. All right, we're moving on. So let's have a recap of a good love (laughs) that we all need to abide in. If agape is the basis of a husband husband and wife, if you use that as the basis in your relationship with your spouse, instead of the eros love, you will always seek to serve and please your spouse rather than being self-centered, focused only on your needs. Okay? But here's the important part. This eros love is only going to come from the flesh. Only going to come from the flesh. And the word of God says, no good thing dwells in the flesh. But the agape love comes from the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. And that is where when you are, and I are in iron fellowship with the spirit of God, that is when we begin to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Okay? If agape love is the basis of your family relationships rather than the stergo love, you will always remain devoted to your family regardless of the disappointments that may occur along the way, along the way. If agape love is the basis of your friendships rather than phileo love, you will be faithful and a movable friend for life rather than a come-and-go friend who is faithful only as long as you get what you want out of the relationship. Pretty tough stuff. You see the picture? See, it's, in order for us to talk about love, we have to take from Scripture what are they talking about? What are the context? What are they talking about in love? Okay? And so... Just very graciously, we're going to look at three things, three steps to love people to Jesus. Now, let me just say this. God is infinite. You never get to a place, a point in your relationship, where like, you know what, check that off. I know God pretty well. I'm good. This is not only going to be a steps, it is going to be a journey in your walk with the Lord. As you discover his love, As you discover how much he loves you. And as he gives you the grace, and I mean grace, to love other people. It's only going to come from grace. Because how many of you, you just know somebody, don't even mention their name, don't even look in the direction, especially if they're sitting next to you or behind you. But just in knowing them, there's just something about you that quite honestly, it's not Christian to say, but we just don't like them. I'm going to be real with you. There are some people, it's like, Jesus, help me. You know? But I tell you, it's just, and so it's like, Lord, help me to see them as you see them. God, help me to love others as you loved others. Because if I begin to speak that over myself, through God's grace, I'll begin to have that perspective. Because I'm glad that when Jesus was going up to the cross, he didn't say, Dixie getting on my nerves. Dixie, I can't believe that you did that. No, man, he went all the way for me. So if he went all the way for me, then he went all the way for the very person that gets on your last nerve, and you can extend to them that love that he showed to you. He just loves us. But here's the deal. To extend that kind of love, it is not going to come by our own human ability. It will only come by the Spirit of God. Because agape love is pure and holy without sin. Without sin, it's selfish. Selfish? Selfless. I kind of put selfish and selfless together. See, i all learn something different that's not in the dictionary. Selfless. Because he just loves us. And he wants us to, he wants us to be ambassadors. If I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times before I would leave the house. My mama would say, Dixie, you are an ambassador of Christ. When we would take uh mission, uh, youth, uh youth groups to, uh, uh, activities off of this campus, we would set them down with the love of Jesus and tell them, now listen, this is the order. This is the standard of behavior. OK, one, you represent God in your actions. You represent your family, and you represent yourself and you represent your church. So be be orderly, you know, you know. And so, um again, as we go, just steps to love, uh, to love people to Jesus. So here we go. All right. One, be willing to receive Christ's love. You have to recognize that that. That unconditional, unselfish heart that's going to come from me is only going to come by me surrendering my life to Jesus and receiving his love for me. That's it. You know, you can't, as the as saying goes, you can't give something that you don't have. And by faith, you have to believe that God loves you and desires for you to experience him say, well, of course, Dixie, but listen to this. When you receive Christ's love, you're saying, Lord, I'm taking my shame of sin of my past. Lord, I'm taking my fear of rejection that anything that I do is never going to be good enough, never going to be worthy enough. I'm just going to fail. Lord, I'm taking every lie that I have to work and to strive and do my very best for you to love me, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Lord, I'm taking all of that mess and I'm going to lay it at the cross and I'm going to receive your love. That takes faith. That takes faith. It takes vulnerable faith. You know? Also, be willing to receive Christ's love. It's not about letting me give to you what I have, but receiving what God has for you, and that will fulfill your life. You know, even as believers, we can uh, fall into this trap, you know, as we begin to discover our purpose, as, as we see God use us in mighty ways. You know, it's like, oh, well, let me help you. Yes, I can serve you. Yes, I can encourage you. But we have to have a self-examination that it's God that we are serving and it's his name to be glorified and not us in boasting in our gifts, in our accomplishments, and what we've done, what God is calling us to do, but on who God is, you know. And whenever we receive Christ's love for our life, it keeps us in that frame of humility that without God, I can do nothing. Does that make any sense? Ephesians 3, uh, 17-21, it says, So Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond That what we ask or think according to the power that works within us. That is his spirit working within us that will change that attitude, that will change that perspective, that will remove that pride, that will remove that shame, that will remove that unforgiveness and cause us to love unconditionally the agape love. Be willing to receive Christ's love. Romans 5, 5 through 6, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us for while we were still sinners. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And so for us, the love that we have only comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. So steps to love people to Jesus, be willing to receive Christ's love. Number two, steps to love people to Jesus is be willing to grow in the word of God. As I said earlier, you never get to a place and you're like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I've literally, I've heard people that if they've heard certain teachings on the cross, if they've heard certain teachings that they know about the foundation of their faith, they literally tune out and say, no, I'm good. I've heard that before. No, my friends, there is life and death. There, there is life. There is power in the word of God. Okay. And, um, and even though I said earlier, I don't have a memory, uh, of when I haven't known God, but I tell you what, whenever I began to, um, to, to just read and study, just uh, refresh my mind, have insight on the love of God, it really was convicting. This is, Lord, I don't know how on earth you want me to share this with you tonight because I'm still working on this. But see, that alone shows you of the love of God that he's still working on us and he's still using us to glorify his name. He never gets to a place and say, stop, can't use you no more because you're not good enough. No, he just begins to mold and to shape our character. He's still working on us. Isn't that good? I'm encouraged by that. Because that lets me know that I don't have to know everything. I don't have to figure everything out. All I have to do is receive and surrender and he will take care of the rest. Be willing to grow in the word. Be willing to grow in the aspects that 1 John 2, 5, it says, But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, it says, God wants us to grow up To know the whole truth and to tell it in love. Like Christ did everything. We take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God and robust in love. The word is saying, listen, as you're getting into the word, it's going to nourish you. It's going to strengthen you and you will be able to love others. See, whenever we get into the word, it changes our attitude. It changes any sin operating in our life of the blame game, of arguing or of denying or making an excuse for my unloving attitude and my responses. When I am in the word, the word of God is exposing what type of person I really am in a gentle and a loving way. And I can't say, well, that's how I was born. Oh, well, it's because I had a bad day or well, but wait, hold on. You don't know what they did when the word of God When you are spending time in the word of God, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, he is going to show you, hey man, listen, that that attitude that you have, that mindset that you had, that response that you had, that's not love. And so therefore, it is hindering you from experiencing all of me and then hindering you from being used fully by me. And I love you too much to keep you there. Would you let me grow you? See, love is active, and it's moving, and it's speaking. It's stirring. It's convicting. It's convicting. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. But I do not need to write to you about the Christian love. That should be shown amongst God's people. For God himself has taught you to love one another. Apostle Paul is speaking. There is no greater teacher than the presence and the word of God. You want to know what love is? You want to know how to walk that path of that agape love? How to walk that path as, as it says in... First Corinthians thirteen fourteen four, excuse me, 4, 8. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love is not demand its own way. Love is not irritable and keeps no record of when it has been wrong. It never is glad about injustice, but just, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. Love will last forever. If we need to know how that can operate in our life, we have to get in the presence of the Lord and allow him to speak to us by his spirit and allow his word to speak to us. That's the only way. But here's the deal. God delights in that. He's saying, come on, come on, come on. Let me spend time with you. Let me talk with you. God is longing for you and I to come to him because his love, he is so giving. It's in his very nature just to continue to pour, continue to pour, just continue to shower us with his unconditional love. First John 4, to 17 God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face God with confidence because we are like Christ here in this world. So here's in closing. Number three. Steps to love people to Jesus. One, be willing to receive Christ's love. Two, be willing to grow in the word of God. And three, be willing to serve others in humility. Be willing to serve others in humility. Serving others with love is to live a selfless and humble life. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not what I know. It's not uh, what I can do for you. It's not, here I am to serve you, lay out the red carpet, place the roses at my feet. I'm coming to serve you. This is a good work. I need some attention to let everybody know that I'm serving you. No. See, pride can have a, pride is shady. That is some. somebody should post that right there. That's tweetable. Pride is shading. Because as you're saying things, you're serving. But if you're wanting the recognition, you're serving. But let me tell you all that I know. Let me enrich you with my wisdom. Let me enrich you in where I have been, the places and the things that I have done for the glory of God. Let me tell you, oh, you little bitty servant, that you need to come up to my level. But in John, when we were reading as Jesus, he left it all. One of the last actions that he did was he got a towel. He got a basin of water. He knelt down and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And he says, do as the master does. See, be willing to serve others. Even when things get rough. Remember, you got Jesus. You got agape love. You got that unconditional, that, that power operating in your life, giving you grace to extend grace. See Romans 8, 35 through 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Why is it important? Because whenever we begin to serve with humility, we're going to feel the heat. We're going to feel the heat of our character. We're going to feel the heat of sin of other people that we are serving. And we're going to say, Lord, what is going on? I'm here serving you. Come on. Life should be a little bit nicer if I'm here serving you. But look at the cross. It is a demonstration of the humility of God. And it wasn't pretty, but it was eternal. And it lasted And hell will never be able to remove what Jesus did on the cross. And when you and I position ourselves in the humility and say, Lord, I don't need the recognition. Lord, I don't need the roses at my feet. But God, I humble myself. Use me. Use me to glorify and honor your name. When you do that, not only do you make a difference, but eternity is forever changed. Eternity. And then it's not, Lord, I did this. But it's, Lord, thank you for the honor of letting me be a part of your kingdom. i serving you. And there's freedom, people, in that mindset. Because if we go serving with humility, things are going to change. Plans, situations might change but you'll go with the flow because you won't put the fruit of it as a part of your identity, but you'll say, Lord, I'm just going to serve you and do whatever you want to do. Does that make any sense? Matthew 23, 11 through 2, 11 through 12, it says, The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so in closing, I'm going to share with you a very real and impersonable story. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was my test of love. But I didn't pass it. But I never forgot the lesson. I had just come back from a very large Uh, Life Group Conference. Back then it was called a Cell Conference. And I had just heard all these incredible speakers. And my head was this big. Because what they were saying to do, what they were saying that was successful, we were doing it. I was doing it. I'm like, I got this. I know this. This is good. And so after the conference, I was going to go meet my family and, uh, my dad lived in New Iberia at the time. My family had just finished a, a production. It was like one of those, uh, hell house things. And so at the church, they were having, they were having food. They were having a celebration of just the souls that were saved. And so from me coming back from a week of this conference, you know, as women, we kind of, we can pack a lot of clothes. So my back seat was full of clothes. My back seat was full of shoes. And so as I'm driving, I'm in New Iberia. I'm the third person that is, that is at a red light. There's a car, there's a van, and there's me. The third person. And so I see this woman and she is, she's walking on the sharp, jagged gravel. She has no shoes. Her hair is disheveled. She has mascara dripping down her face. She has mixed matched clothes. She looks disoriented. It's very obvious that she had a need. So I saw her go to the first car, knock on the window. The people didn't respond. I saw her pass up the van. She sees me. She doesn't say a word. She opens the door and gets in my car. I've never seen her to this day. I don't know her name. Never seen her, and so I began to say, "Um, excuse me, what, what 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 are you doing?" And just with a strong New Orleans accent, she said, "I just need a ride down the road." And I'm saying, "Well, I mean, hello, I don't know you." He's like, "Yeah, just just give me a ride down the road." And so all of a sudden, it clicked. I have just been to a life group. I am going to tell her everything that I know about Jesus. So I started with the spiel. So what do you do? Where do you been? You know, I was working my way in so that I can tell her everything that I know about Jesus. So she can receive him. I can mark it off my good Christian list. Go on my way. And so as I'm proceeding to get, ask her questions, to get information, she was from New Orleans. She did not know how she got in New Iberia. She just knew she woke up in a ditch. That's all she knew. But I could not even hear that because I was so busy trying to tell her about Jesus, my knowledge of him. And so as we proceeded, I'm noticing she is not listening to one word I'm saying. But what is getting her attention is her need. She had no shoes, but I had shoes in my back seat. She had raggedy clothes, but I had hanging up clothes nice and clean in my back seat. So as I'm driving, she proceeds to get my shoes put them in the front seat and take and put them on her feet. I said, no, you cannot have my shoes. They're mine. And then when we came to our stop and our destination, I realized she doesn't want anything that I have to say. And so as she proceeded to close the door, she lunged for my clothes in my back seat because that's what she needed. She just needed clothes she needed somebody to know that she she was important. She needed somebody to listen to her instead of them telling all that they know about Jesus. She needed somebody to give her that attention. And so as she, as she proceeded to grab my clothes and to pull them out of the door, I grabbed and yelled and said, No, you cannot have my clothes. With her frustration, she slammed the door. I was mad. I was hurt. I was disoriented. How could this lady just violate my space and violate my stuff? Who does she think she is? I'm trying to tell her about Jesus and she's not getting it. And so as I drive away, the Holy Spirit said, Dixie, that woman that when she got in your car, that she stunk so bad, it was hard for you even to breathe. That woman that got in your car that had bruises and, and, and stuff on her knees. That woman that got in your car, she had no shoes, she had disoriented clothes. That woman that got in your car, that was my child. And you were so busy trying to tell her about me that you did not show her my life. Ladies and gentlemen, that day, I did not pass that test. But I sure did learn the lesson. And what God desires from all of us, that we don't go around telling people all that we know about God, but simply show Him. Show them His love. Show them His love. What would have happened if I would have given her my shoes? What would have happened if I would have given her some clothes? What would have happened if I would have driven her to the very church that I was on my way to to eat a meal and says, come and welcome and have a meal? What would have happened? Could her life been forever changed? I believe it was. It could have been. But because of my pride, And not serving with humility. I missed out on something bigger and greater. That God wanted to use me to do. My challenge for you. If you're going to be a part of Serve Day this weekend. Serve with humility. Love them to Jesus. Listen to them. Give them your full attention don't expect anything in return because the Lord God is watching and he sees that if you are doing this to love them, if you are doing this, serving the community, serving your home to praise me, I will honor you, Dixie. I will honor you and bless your life and it will never be the same. So as you have an opportunity this weekend, Pass the test. Love them to Jesus. Get ready to be used by God to love them. You could be an agent that they have never experienced love before. And you could be the one to say, Lord, I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. I will speak what you want me to speak or I will be still and be quiet. But Lord, use me. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand? So that is our challenge. Loving people to Jesus can be one of the most challenging things in the world. The reason why is because if they don't know of God's love, they are broken, they are hurting, they are angry, they are miserable. And they're looking for someone to, to blame or, to, or have no trust or, or they don't even know what trust is. And they're going to test you. But by God's grace that agape love on the inside of you. He will give you the strength and he will give you the grace to love others to Jesus. Receive his love. Grow in the word and walk in humility as you serve him. And you will make a difference. Amen. Can we just go to the Lord right now and ask God, God, point out if there's any pride in me. God, am I not receiving your love for my life? God, even though I know you and I believe in you, but am I still holding on to rejection of of my past? Am I still holding on to wounds of my past that it's hard for me to receive your love? Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring healing to our hearts, healing to our minds, to where we even as believers would not live wounded and broken. But the Lord God, we would receive your unconditional healing love to rest upon us. We would not live with shame. We would not live with heaviness and oppression in the name of Jesus. But the Lord God, your love would rest and reign in us in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord God, it just wouldn't be a word in our mind, but the Lord God, our very spirits, our very beings would experience the unconditional and unmoving, wavering love of Jesus Christ. Father God may we walk in humility may we walk in humility to glorify and honor your name and not boast of anything that we've done or that we're going to do Lord God may you receive all the glory and all the honor for it is by you and you alone that we can simply breathe and have life Father God now I pray for each person in here may your love Just breathe on them right now. Lord God, may the love of the refreshing of the Spirit just breathe on them right now. Father God, may the love of the comfort of the Holy Spirit rest upon them right now. And may they know that you love them and value them. Keep them in your will. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen guys, we believe in you. We love you. God wants to use you to make a difference. And he's going to do it by pouring his love in you. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we love you. We're here to